it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. Uh, this will be a lively conversation, to be sure. I have with me this morning Matt Termond, who is an investigative journalist. He's Polish. He's spent a lot of time in the region. He's also uh, exposed a lot of source corruption along with Hunter Biden and the whole Biden crime family. Welcome, Matt. Ah, yeah. Thanks for always being with you, Todd. You're my boy, and I appreciate your journalism and your uh, your you know, go where the truth takes you. I did a lot of Hunter Biden stuff with you and CDM. In mm -hmm. fact, you did your whole Ukraine. Uh, I saw your Ukraine compendium came out uh, the other day and you could throw on some of the Hunter stuff we did because of the U Ukraine tangents. I know on the last piece was mostly Bohai and China, but uh, you know, there's Ukraine tangents everywhere. Like I'll uh, throw that in there for sure. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So look, um, there is a, uh, uh, I don't know, a schism on the right at this point. Uh, you've got, some of the uh, you know America First movement saying Putin is restoring Christendom and, and is a saint for what he's doing. You've got other people saying he's killing women and children. You know, well, I don't uh, think anybody could deny that he's killing yeah. women and children. So even, right, even some right. of the narratives that the Russian troll farms and disinformation machines are creating, you know, ludicrous nonsense like uh, the Russian army just liberated a child sex trafficking ring run by the Ukrainian government and Ukrainian military. Right. Uh, you know, they couldn't even keep a straight face on that one. So that one disappeared within 24 hours because they realized what a mockery it, 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 they make of themselves. Like when I get attacked by these trolls and they obviously do not speak English and they've got, you know, from Texas yeah. holding an AR. I get those too. Oh. You know, you can tell by the broken English. <laughs> yeah, it's so obvious. I just mine come from China, I think. But. I just keep saying St. Petersburg is not sending their best. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, look, uh, you know, we've talked about this offline. Uh, my, I come at this, again, trying to find where the truth is and where it lands. I don't care. So uh, I, you know, Russia, uh, you know, I know a lot about Russia, as you know. I, I believe Putin is, uh, has hurt the Russian people immensely in many ways. And um, but in Ukraine, I also see where the information operations were run against Bernie Sanders and then Trump. They've laundered hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with the Soros state capture in Ukraine. So what is in your way? That the threat? How do we have, but yeah, let, let's yeah. make these are these are very, very nuanced distinctions that need to be made about history yeah. and geopolitics and even modern yeah. history, let alone, you know, ancient history and 1200 years of disputes between Slavic tribes on what right. is Ukraine, what is Russia? I mean, these are, you know, in depth deep, uh, disputable, uh, where even both sides can be right. I mean, this is mm -hmm. why it's so nuanced. But when you say, you know, the, uh, the, the, what you just said about uh, Ukraine, uh, it kind of minimizes, in my view, that there is a Ukraine. And yes, there's mm -hmm. corruption, but that corruption stems from one thing, and that is communism morphed to post-communism. 
the same corruption that gave us the Russian oligarch system. It also gave us corruption that still exists in the EU member nations that were Warsaw, Warsaw Pact nations, Poland, Romania, Hungary. Uh, you know, these are NATO and EU members and, uh, you know, they're Balkan countries. Uh, the Baltics were a little different. They were a little more Scandinavian culturally. Uh, but, you know, I live in Poland part time. I'm a dual Polish citizen, Polish American, and mm -hmm. I'm a journalist there and I'm a political activist. And, you know, some would use the word operative because I'm very politically involved and I'm pushing, you know, for the nationalist conservative right, law and justice all the way uh, mm -hmm. as things are now. Politics is swiftly changing and evolving, much like everything in life. Uh, but, uh, you know, even Poland, where I am, there's tons of corruption on both sides, on all sides, on legacy. These countries, these nations, these societies, these sovereigns will only be. Uh, you know, a Western standard uh, of adequate governance uh, when all those who are educated under communism are dead. I mean, simple as that. Even the opposition activists, they're still alive and they were educated in power utilization, political power usage under communism. It colors their zeitgeist, their mentality and the way they operate. Even the ones who are against the system. Are well, I think you, uh, let me say, I think you're missing one point is that the globalists, including Clinton, Biden, Kerry, Mitt so Romney, who all have sons, you know, siphoning gas off in Ukraine um, or, you know, most of them. Um, that component is what I was getting at, is that the this cabal, for lack of a better word, is using Ukraine as a place they can do things they couldn't do in the U.S. So the future of, you you know, and Ukrainians, people I love, they just saved my life, for God's sake. They got me out of Kiev. So um, that being said, we need to find a way to root that out of Ukraine so Ukraine can have a future. Yeah. Also remove the Russian troops, also get reparations, also yeah. find some kind of way forward. So how do we do that? I mean, wh well, what's the yeah. future in, in your mind? So I'm a big believer in Kissinger's realpolitik. There's the world as you'd like it to be, and there's the world as it is. And I think it's part of what makes me a conservative. My father used to say that uh, liberalism is and progressivism is a philosophy of conscience and conservatism is a philosophy of reason. We mm -hmm. accept there are things like original sin and man is flawed, as opposed to the socialist leftist view that they will uh, you know, overcome humanity's failings and uh, the moral hazard that's embedded in the human. It, it'll and work this time. It'll work this time. Man and Superman, the Nietzschean right. ideal that, you know, we will create, you know, the Uber mention and we will uh, uh, build a utopia on Earth. It's not coincident that every utopia ends in dystopia. Every every uh, uh, started attempted utopia becomes dystopic real quick. Uh, mm. And nothing is more proof positive of that than every attempted a communist uh, state. Uh, and look at, by the way, who's aligned with Russia right now. North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, Algeria, Syria, Pakistan, Iran. Uh, you know, is there a stronger coalition of axis of evil, those who don't believe in Hobbesian and Lockean enlightenment philosophy and legitimacy and elections mm -hmm. and democracy and free speech and free assembly? And these are all uh, nation states that are uh, oppressing the shit out of their people, just like Russia. So, I mean, the equivocation, the, what I have an issue with with Ukraine, yes, it is a nascent democracy. If you look at where Poland and Ukraine came from, 91 um, in 89 to 91, when the Warsaw Pact broke down and the Iron, the Iron, uh, the Berlin Wall and the Iron Curtain fell, uh, you had the nations that were more part of Europe uh, that were not Soviet socialist republics like Ukraine and Belarus and Georgia and Moldova were, but you know the Warsaw, the, the Poland's, the Hungary's, the Balkans, the Baltics, and how much uh, well the Baltics were in the USSR, but they were still a little more European. Mm -hmm. uh, but you see how much more they integrated into Western economics, Western ideals of governance, uh, with all the flaws, with the EU muddying the waters in the back and forth. I mean, there's all these problems, but 
they trended better. And in 89 to 91, when they came out of it, 89, 90 with the Berlin Wall and the Warsaw Pact, and then 91 with the USSR totally disintegrating, uh, Poland and Ukraine had the same GDP uh, per capita. Mm -hmm. Uh, per capita GDP, roughly. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Poland's is up five times and Ukraine's is roughly the same. And yeah. I believe, and I say this over and over again, I've had two main themes in all my conversations about what's going on in the world right now. Why did Putin act? Power abhors a vacuum and we've got Western weakness and fecklessness. But also, geography is destiny. And mm -hmm. why did Ukraine not catch up with the West was because of its provinciality toward Russia, its uh, being a part of Russia's near abroad. There is a Russian cultural zeitgeist that is different than every other part of the West. And when I hear our commentators from Tucker Carlson on down saying, well, it's all just Russia and, you know, we should be friends with Russia so that they don't end up in, in bed with China. Well, they will always end in bed with China because China is communist. And they are their governance structures and their social governing philosophy is the same. It stems from Marxism. They may have modulated it with some state capitalism. I think it stems from the Mongols, but and, and, and that's yeah. part of it as well. Geography is yeah. destiny. Geography equals culture. But if you look mm -hmm. at the Slavic tribes warring for a thousand years, there was always a higher level brutality coming out of Russia. Even the Tsarist regime, the emancipation of the serfs under Catherine the Great. Uh, it was always more brutal, the fiefdoms, the vassalhoods, uh, and I think it's geographic, geography's destiny. Russia is an incredibly inhospitable climate vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, for instance, Ukraine and Poland, which, as bad as the weather climate is, the arableness, the, the agricultural output of the land allows for a higher level evolution of the peoples and the prosperity and then potentially peace. Uh, you look at the Tsarist regime, I always say that my theory is that the entire sort of anti-Semitism and pogrom culture came out of the Tsarist secret police using uh, uh, sort of an internecine sectarian battling to divide and conquer, uh, you know, all of the Russian sphere, which was yeah. so massive and so multicultural. Uh, so, I mean, there's a brutality that's still there. You know, it's not coincidence sure. that that you know putin does maintain power when you've got in georgia an overthrow of the communist regime and an ushering of saakashvili uh in you know other nations armenia and azerbaijan have modulated quite a bit moldova has learned from romania which has learned from the western european standards so i mean you have this but ukraine has been kind of stuck you've got the the, the cultural connections in the history you've got the the, the potential for wealth there given the the, the breadbasket of this part of the bloodlands that Ukraine represents, which is certainly going to create more problems uh, for the world, even if we we uh, end this skirmish now because of wheat prices. You know, five percent of global wheat output is really going to, you know, we got another Arab Spring on our hands in the next yeah. 12, 18 months, uh, based on food instability. Uh, but the Ukrainian people are, you know, another Slavic tribe who are not Russian. And so when they get, you know, lumped in as, okay, you're just a Russian province, according to Tucker, as that was his early taker, or that yutz J.D. Vance, who before he says anything, he sticks his finger in the air and pulls it. And then when he's wrong, he does a 180. Uh, but these people who are trying to appeal to the ivory tower of America first, the, the NatCon crowd, uh, it's they are totally lacking comprehension of the region. Uh, the, the, the reasons there, there have been instability. Uh, and as a result, you know, if you don't know the history and the nuance, then you're going to make the same mistakes as has been borne out in the past in history, like Neville Chamberlain and appeasement in the 30s. As I said in Berlin on Bannon's show, you may not care about geopolitics, but geopolitics cares about you. And yeah. for instance, the economic instability we're going to see from this, you know, you're, you're going to have to rebuild a country of 45 million 
you know, the officially the number is 48 million. It was probably 44 million uh, from migration from the destabilization of uh, eastern uh, eastern Ukraine and Donbass in 14 and 15 Crimea and all the Ukrainians to the left went to Europe, went to Central Europe, Western Europe, like Poland. Uh, and then you've got, uh, uh, you know, another several million leaving. So it's probably 40 to 42 million right now. But that's still a big country in Europe with a big land mass. And mm -hmm. I think they're just going to have to accept that Putin, you know, won this round. That's the realpolitik. He won the round in 1415 with Crimea, Donbass, Luhansk, separated them, made them breakaway states easily supported by little green men with some weaponry supplies. Uh, now he's redrawing the map. He's going to have to pay for those pensioners. They're lost leaders. It ain't good. So his whole goal here and now was to get the Crimean land bridge. And, you know, that's why he's overshooting right now as we speak, 12 miles away from the Polish border, uh, than the NATO border. Uh, and in cities like Lutsk, uh, sort of halfway between Lviv and Belarus and an hour from Polish border, uh, you know, he's going for, for he, he wasn't able to pick up Kiev to use that as a concession point because the Ukrainian people have shown such heart fighting for their country, their city, their capital, their homeland. Uh, but he needs chess pieces as pawns to concede later in the trade-offs. And this Crimean land bridge was his number one goal Mariupol is still holding out. I don't know. What do you think? I would, does Mariupol fault in? Does he have to go? I, I've been there. I, I spent time there during the first war. I, 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 I think it will fall. I, I mean, okay. you know, my, my goal, my thoughts are trying to figure out what Putin actually wants on the ground. I, I think you're right about a lot of that. Um, he needs an overland route to supply Crimea because shipping shit there has been just way too costly. You know, it's one thing to have lost leaders in, in Donbass uh, with Donetsk and uh, Luhansk, mm -hmm. which, you know, that gives him a little bit more buffer. So it's worth paying a subsidy uh, to strategically uh, break those regions away and make them part of the Russian sphere just to create a deeper buffer with Kiev uh, and get closer to the Dnieper River. Uh, but Crimea is really, you know, that's what the 700 years of fighting for the strategically military. Well, of course, that, that's a warm water port. I mean, it's yeah, huge, huge for them. Port. They're not going to give that back. No. So here's my problem. One, I um, three things. One, I think the West, the problem is the West has lost all moral authority under this administration. So yeah. that's a huge freaking problem. So yeah, we, we can't. What's that? They lost under Obama, too. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, in the last couple decades. So. That being said, uh, I, I don't want a war in Ukraine with the American forces. Let me, me put it that way. So and I think they're I, right to avoid escalation with the no-fly zone. You let Putin escalate and you respond accordingly. You do not escalate because he will escalate. He will go over the top of you like, a, you know, a, po a check raise in poker or, uh, right. you know, when you arm wrestling, you go over the top. If you ask, if the West escalates, he will go over the top and you are inviting that. So for us to escalate would be imprudent. But you see 42 Republican senators saying they want a war in Ukraine with American forces. I mean, basically. So that is and Maria Salazar too, who couldn't put yeah. Ukraine on a map. So I mean, yeah. these are not, you know, the Republicans are just as not serious people as the Democrats. Uh, completely. So, and the third point is, I don't think you know everybody's saying Putin is going to take over Europe. He can't even take Kiev. He doesn't have the force structure, and now we know he doesn't have the military capability to do much more. Maybe Moldova, maybe you know, that. He, to get to Moldova and to get to the Romanian NATO peripheral border, he'd have to go through Odessa, and Odessa right. is a highly patriotic Ukrainian city uh, and a commercial and trade center. They will defend uh, if they can't take Kiev, which geographically is you know they can encircle it, and they still can't take it because of the the depth of fighting force, the will to resolve. They're not taking Odessa. Uh, I, I agree. So the point is all this stuff about, you know, did you, you know, and I think Bannon had this on the deep fake videos of Russia bombing Paris and all, you know, yeah, London. Yeah. I mean, that's garbage. And, and it's, it's propaganda to try to get the West involved in this conflict. 
And that's yeah. what bothers me and scares me going forward with this regime who is so, you know, reckless, I guess is the best word, but even more diabolically treasonous. And so this is what I worry about going forward. Yeah, well, look, there's really no will from the American people. I just did a British, uh, I did Richard Tice's talk radio show this morning uh, mm -hmm. in uh, the UK. And, you know, he's, I think, pounding the table a little like, okay, this is a Neville Chamberlain appeasement moment. The West has to get involved. And I said, look, the West getting involved is going to lead to World War III, which we do not want. The fact is that Putin has liquidated Ukrainians from these border regions, including Crimea in 1450. He'll have a referendum in Donbass and Donetsk and Luhansk. I don't know yeah. how Kharkiv plays out. Kharkiv is, is defending itself well, but he wants Kharkiv, as he should. It's the only value creation uh, metro that he can pick up because of the uh, the steel plants. I mean, he could bring yeah. himself online and actually, as I explained, Kharkiv is like Pittsburgh. Uh, and if you, if you take that, then you actually can make some value, create some economic value from this whole adventure, this mm -hmm. imperial hegemonic uh, USSR rebuild. But, you know, if you couldn't take, and, and it's funny, I was talking to, you know, I was arguing on War Room with everyone on this, that, you know, because sometimes they're a little bit too uh, Russophiliac because of their hatred of, uh, you know, the globalist Soros cabal. And I think mm -hmm. it does blind a lot of the right. Now, yeah, as I've said multiple times, the useful idiocy is not on the left anymore, it's on the right. Uh, that, you know, okay, it's a binary, where there was Soros or Putin. Well, they both can be assholes. They are. They're both evil. Uh, they're both doing things in contravention of normal freedoms uh, and free wills and legitimacy. But I do contend that, uh, you know, the color revolution framework that's being applied to Ukraine. I've been to Ukraine. I was there then, as have you. The people did not want to be a vassal state like Belarus and Lukashenko. So Yanukovych, when he was deposed, it could not have been catalyzed in full and executed without the will of the people and the bravery of the people. Well, it's true. It was, a, it was a bipartisan effort. <laughs> it was a bipartisan effort. But the people wanted it. You know, it's yeah, one true. thing to overthrow an African dictator or what we did in, in Latin America in the 70s or, or, you know, back the Shah in Iran or Fulgencio Batista in Cuba. But it's another to say we can go into a country like Ukraine and we will depose the freely elected sovereign of the people will say nothing. No, they wanted Yanukovych gone. And we may have given them a little bit of a push, but they wanted him gone. And then they elected Poroshenko, who sucked. They turfed him out. Then they elected Zelensky, yeah. mixed bag. Uh, as, a, as a buddy of mine, uh, agency who has agency ties recently said, you know, the people wanted it. We just paid for it, basically. And, you know, we pushed it along. Yeah, anyway. we, paid yeah. for it. we didn't bring in, you know, mercenaries to do it. The people were in the Maidan getting sniped from government ministry buildings by Sianukovic's uh, internal security forces. I don't disagree with country. you. So, I mean, and it was yeah. their will and resolve that executed this, uh, this, 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 what they call what the revolution of dignity, uh, which but, was a, a good coup. Uh, Yanukovych was a Lukashenko vassal. The dude was selling all of Ukraine's armaments to Chad for cash and bags and Swiss accounts. They couldn't defend themselves. For gold bricks. Into Russia's sphere by design because he was put there. And when Zelensky imprisons Medvedchek, like the uh, the Russian trolls keep coming at me, oh, he's imprisoning his opposition. Medvedchek was a Yanukovych Putin crony who was organizing a counter coup to take back Ukraine to give it to Russia. He, yet Zelensky did exactly the right thing. That's treason according to the new constitution of Ukraine. Yeah, reject should be executed. So I mean, like, that's not. There's no equivalent equivalency or equivocation about what was done there. What was done was correct, uh, but it can be spun by the pro-Putinistas and the the the, the St. Petersburg troll factory that Zelensky's imprisoning his uh, enemies. He's no better than Putin, or uh, Putin's better because he's defending. What, what do you think about Zelensky? I think Zelensky was a bit of a selected construct who grew into the role who, yes, he made a bad bet aligning with American Democrats who fucked him over six ways from Sunday, everything from economics to uh, security guarantees. 
uh, and hopefully he's learning from that. But he's proved that he is a there's a there's an honesty and integrity in his character because when the Russian trolls say he's hiding out in the embassy, the U.S. embassy in Warsaw, he's there on the ground. He is at risk, you know, the Chechens and, you know, the people have faith in him. And that also gives legitimacy. So when, you know, the Chechens have him on a hit list, when the Chechen savage mercenaries that Putin sends in there, he's, you know, target number one. Well, all those Chechens are now gone. They have met their Vestal Virgins by 72 factors in the sky because the Ukrainians have defended their president, who they believe does represent their interests. And by virtue of that belief, it's reflexively true. He does. And he stood there with them fighting. Um, has he played this perfectly? No, but he is doing a good thing by not immediately coming to the table to give in to Putin's, uh, Putin's uh, concessionary points, because to do that, though it might be an easy way out, would be to weaken the Ukrainian position in the forward curve. And so he needs to maintain some level of discipline as to what he concedes. He's got the Ukrainian people with him in will and resolve to fight for the cities like Kiev uh, to you know, make sure that the Russians don't get to Lvov. I think the big thing here that the, that the West missed and especially the right in their you know, uh, fetishization of Putin's quote-unquote defender of Christendom. And again, I always say he doesn't defend Christendom. He murders, lies, cheats, and steals. There's nothing Christian about this guy. He's glommed on to big C American Western cultural conservatism because he knows he has useful idiots there the same way. That well, he uses the Russian Orthodox Church like the Tsars did. to control Yeah, and exactly. The Russian Orthodox Church is totally corrupt. Kirill the prelate is probably yeah. the second richest guy in the country after Putin. Whereas, yeah. you know, Breitlings and Breguets that they airbrush out lie about. He's a yeah. it's, it's probable that he's been a KGB operative since the 70s, that they yeah. put in the same way they had Lech Wałęsa given escape hatch for the Poles, for the Polish communists, the Polish Soviets, uh, you know, that he's been there for the 70s so that when they need to have a cultural awakening, they can control the valves and mechanisms in which to do it. Uh, but the, you know, the, the useful idiocy on the left that, you know, was cultivated by the predecessors of Putin, Brezhnev, Khrushchev, Stalin, Lenin, Trotsky, Marx, uh, you know, because of the socialism in the in the Western American, French and German uh, ivory tower, uh, it was it was uh, coterminous. It made sense. Now it's on the right. It's, you know, fight the neocons, fight the globalists, fight the NWO, fight Soros. Well, yeah, I agree. I fight all those things, too. Putin's worse. Putin's, mm. They're not mass murdering women and children that we know of. We do know that. Well, they did kill a million with the COVID shots in the U.S., but that's debatable. Uh, You know, that I'm 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 sympathetic to that argument. We do not have the overwhelming in your face at the moment empirical proof versus. And I have friends who are in Mariupol, Kiev, Mykolaiv, Kherson, Mm -hmm. Crimea, Kharkiv, Mm -hmm. Donbass, Luhansk. I'm talking to people in all these places and. There are shelling of civilians. Women and children are dying en masse. Yeah. So that's empirical. Like, I mean, all the apologists on Twitter and Getter and Facebook and the useful idiots who believed in QAnon, who are now believing the cues from the Russian trolls that they liberated child sex trafficking ring, uh, they're useful idiots and they've been cultivated and they are not, they're ignoring empirical evidence because it serves their confirmation biases to do so. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting it from these guys and I don't care if any of my friends, I get a dog. Yeah. So what's the way forward in Ukraine, do you think? And by the way, um, I mean, the problem is Ukraine has been what you, any nation does. They've been putting out some false, some alternative facts themselves. But yeah, like every, the bombing every, of the maternity ward or whatever, that was all garbage. That's, but, that's the, the, yeah, but there have been hospitals. There have been uh, community mm-hmm. centers where people are sheltered underground that have been targeted. I mean, you know, uh, the debate about the Geneva Convention abrogation with, you know, the Ukraine trotting out Russian captured uh, POWs and them saying, 
Uh, they don't look to me like they're under much duress. I think they really do feel that this is wrong, that they have behaved wrong, that they were just following orders. Uh, but the conscripts that he sent in there, uh, they, they were- That's a whole other issue. Yeah, I mean, he lied about it at first. He said there were no conscripts. And then he's sending 18-year-old boys who don't even know they're in a war. Yeah, they, don't, they think they were they, they were told they were on a training exercise. And then they realized yeah. that they're taking on live ammo from the Ukrainian yeah. cousins who they'd rather drink vodka with and uh, talk about football. Right. Uh, you know, no, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they've been lied to. Putin's mandate, uh, mandate, he's a dictator. Uh, Putin's uh, support internally is crumbling. Now he's going full Stalin and has to arrest the generals who lied to him. Yeah. This is the, this is Animal Farm. This is 1984. This is, you know, the, the essence of communist structure uh, in governance and, 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 and psychopsychology, uh, social, social psychology, is that you are surrounded in a cloistered ivory tower, Politburo in the Kremlin of sycophancy because you're going to the gulag if you don't say yes. So you say yes. And of course, any structure like that is not honest. You know what it comes down to? The uh, the, the Netflix miniseries Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. What we are seeing happen in the Russian military is the same as we saw in the 80s under, you know, the post-Stalinist era of USSR Ukraine with the Chernobyl meltdown. It's, it's Baghdad Bob on steroids, basically. Well, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, the military is totally ill-equipped. By the way, this is of Napoleonic era uh, fuck up that mm -hmm. they go to do this. They did this because of the timing with Afghanistan and Biden ahead of the midterms. They made a they made a cynical play because of the fecklessness and weakness of Western NATO and US and EU. But to go into Ukraine or a country like Belarus or anywhere in North Central Europe in late February, early March, in late winter, yeah. when the ground is starting to dry, snow is melting, the ground is wet, it is countries, you've been in them. They don't have, there's no Eisenhower interstate system. There's no German taxpayer funded highways uh, like they built even in Central Europe since the ascension of those 10 countries. Croatia, yeah. Yeah, Croatia, uh, Poland. No, mm -hmm. this is a big freaking mud pile. You know, mm -hmm. you go to Belarus, you go to Ukraine. These are just, these roads are drainage ditches. This is why farmers still transport their wheat on horse-drawn carriages, you know, to, to local and regional markets. That's why all the pipes are above ground. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. So this is like this was a big folly. And so between the, the aged mechanics of his heavy armaments like tanks and the, the, the weather conditions and conditions on the ground, there's a recipe for disaster. The fact that they gave everyone three days worth of food and fuel and then they stuck him in 40 mile long convoys to make him sit in dogs. Yeah. This is like Napoleon going into Russia in the 19th century. Uh, and then Russia going scorched earth and kicking him out after they decimated his his French military by 80 uh, percent. You know, this is this is what we're seeing in Russia. So Putin is not strong enough to take Odessa and Moldova and screw with Romania on the weakest part of the NATO peripheral border. That's not happening, which is good uh, in my view. I mean, obviously, I, I believe that. I, I'm hearing that this may really harm the Russian Orthodox Church, too. A lot of people aren't going to services inside Russia because of this, from what I'm hearing. Well, they, they know something that I've been saying since 2008, TWWIAF, the whole world mm. is a fraud. You know, you mm. can't tell them that, you know, McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Apple are leaving the country. And by the way, you can't get any cash out of your bankomats uh, because there's a little bit of a banking crisis going on because mm -hmm. they've sanctioned all the banks. Uh, with the exception, of course, of uh, uh, Gazprom's bank and Rosneft's bank, because Germany still wants their energy. Yeah. And Hungary too. And I mean, I understand the real, their realpolitik. Uh, uh, people know something's up. And, you know, as the death toll rises of Russian young men, just like in 1415, when the little green men weren't even being acknowledged that they were killed, uh, you know, Russian mothers losing their sons are going to make some noise. And all of a sudden, everyone's going to know somebody who knows somebody who, you know, somebody disappeared who was conscripted. Yeah. 
So like, this is not good for Putin. I, what, what's I, the way forward, Matt? What, what's the best solution we could hope for here? Uh, you know, referendums in Donbass and Luhansk, you cut him off, he gets his separatist breakaway region uh, buffer zone. Uh, the Crimean land bridge is why he did all this. So he's going to have to take that for him to, to you know, uh, recede and get out of, you know, the uh, the west side of the Dnieper, uh, which is the core of central Ukraine and Ukraine's culture, history uh, and government, uh, where people, even though they may speak Russian, they see themselves as Ukrainian. Uh, so, I mean, to get him out of those regions, you know, Crimean land bridge, he's going to need that. He needs that overland route to Crimea. Uh, but, you know, the X factor, there are two X factors in my view, and that's Kharkiv, how that holds out, uh, and Mariupol. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if Mariupol, I, my guess is that, you know, they'll come to the table and say, because you need Mariupol to create the Crimean land bridge. It's the 10th largest city, and it's the only city that connects, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Sebastopol overland to Rostov-on-Don. So you absolutely need that. So I think, you know, they, they negotiate a ceasefire and they say to the Ukrainians that are still there, get out. Just like they did with Sebastopol before they held a referendum in 14. Yeah. Which is uh, the, the, the capital of Crimea. Well, Matt, that's extremely interesting. Uh, what, where are your travels taking you next? So I told you I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I mean, I do think that this is going to the reason he's in Lutsk, the reason he's 12 miles from the uh, from the Polish NATO peripheral border is simply because he's escalating it to force them to the table because he's tired. He can't do this much. longer. I agree. I agree. He's so I think this, this lasts another week or two. And uh, so I was going to go back to Poland. I was going to go uh, toward Kiev, uh, maybe, you know, or maybe probably not Irpin, uh, mm -hmm. but it's certainly Lviv, Lutsk, and cover some of this for TVP. But I just don't think there's going to be that unless I was leaving right now, which I can't. From I there. think we plan a trip when the hostilities stop and go to Kiev and, and travel yeah. around. And yeah, then, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, that'd be great. And yeah. let me tell you, somebody like you who spent time in, in 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 Ukraine, not as much as you have, but I know the region, you know, decently mm -hmm. well. Uh, I was not looking forward to my late winter vacation <laughs> there because it really is pretty cold and gray. Yeah, uh, like April, May in uh, Ukraine is quite quite wonderful actually. And you know, we'll we'll do a, a post uh, post uh, conflagration survey of the cities uh, of uh, of the rebuilds. Uh, talk mm -hmm. to people on the ground. I want to document some of the war crimes and atrocities because Putin's committed them. And the Ukrainians here have not. Not one Russian civilian has been killed by any Ukrainian military or civilian. That's a okay. true point. And, and that alone uh, reduces the uh, ability of the fetishists, the Putin fetishists, to equivocate those two positions, Russia's and Ukraine's. Thank you, Matt. We'll do this again soon. I appreciate your, uh, your, your deep insight into the region. It's, it's, it's good. Take care.